Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Good morning, church. Good to see your faces. This boy, you're wearing green. I would have thought it was a green day, but I pray not everyone has the green. Yeah. If you're green, you're, you're, you see something. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I just want us to, today we're t- doing a, um, a talk on quantum thinking. And I want to lay on the foundation Toby did about two Sundays ago. Um, you know, we entered this year with a declaration that this is our year of harvest. And guys, stay in the consciousness of it. Because the truth is that harvest thinking is an inheritance thinking. Like if you know you are God's child, literally God has your back. So we want you to show up in life knowing this, this, this fundamental, you are loved by God. So we need to push it a bit. Um, if you've been a student of physics, you probably will know quantum. You know, some people will just be like, where are we going today? Right. But yeah, it's quite interesting because in, in this room and at this time, there are energy fields. So, um, you know there is 98.1 in Lagos. There is 93.7 in Lagos. So, living in this space is actually frequencies. But you are not, you're not, right now, whatever they are airing in 98.1, you're not peaking. The reason you're not peaking is because you're not tuned into that frequency. Right? So, I want to keep in mind that some words have come into the vocabulary of the modern world. And those words may not be in the Bible, but they are the same words that have been, they define concepts. So, once upon a time, there were words that were not in the age in which the Bible was translated. No offense. It doesn't make them less Christian. So, in this world in which we live, if you are paying attention, you hear words like metaverse. Now, metaverse was a, was a word used by, created by a science fiction writer. He was writing something, and he created, he used the word metaverse. Now, Mark Zuckerberg has actually hijacked it. You understand? Made it his own. In fact, change is complete to meta. But my point is that what is even the meta in the verse? Right? What is there? So if, if the, that metaverse is not necessarily a new phenomenon, it's actually describing something that has been, but the world is catching up with language. Once upon a time, a scientist was sitting down there and he saw something fall to the ground and he, was, he asked himself for the first time, why is it that anything, everything comes down? What is that thing at play that makes everything standing comes down? What is keeping us firm on the ground? And that was the beginning of gravity. He, he started to understand that there's something called gravity that pulls things to the ground. But remind you, he did not invent gravity. He only understood and named a phenomenon that was actually in existence. So what it means is that there are more concepts around us than we have named. But as you're paying attention, people are picking up things. One day, another scientist woke up and told us that there is thermodynamics. He came up with the concept of thermodynamics and electromagnetism. And then before long, things started to break open. See, God is the revealer of secrets, right? Let's look at a couple of scriptures. I want us to look at um, Psalms. I'll look at Psalms 25 verse 1. Um, God reveals secrets. And every son is entitled to secrets. But the secrets are actually pathways to wealth. They are pathways to freedom. You, if you're struggling with something in your life, you're just a revelation away from breakthrough. That revelation is the mystery that God reveals to you and you step into it. So if you look, who is there? Who is reading for us? Um, okay, okay. Oh, of course, we couldn't look for another. Please, uh, uh, just give me um, Psalms 25, 1. I also want to read Daniel 2, verse 22. It's just a couple of scriptures that speaks to this. So Psalms 25, verse 1. Okay, just... Yeah, just that scripture. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Um, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. I think I'm, I'm looking for, if you read down, the part that says the secret of the Lord is those that are for those that fear him. I think, read down to, I think, 11. Has, has anybody seen it there? 14, okay, it's 14. Okay, 14. Verse, verse 14. So just go down to 14. Verse 14 says that the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Okay, so hold that perspective. What I need you guys to take away from that is that there are secrets. 
in God that God gives to those who fear him. But this fear is not terror. This concept of fear is a poor translation. It's reverence. So it's not fear, it's not, it's not fear of terror. It's actually reverence. That God reveals secrets to those that reverence. The reverence. Reverence is that there is a sense of, oh, I'm around this part, the awe and the presence that you attach to it. Daniel 2 verse 22 also says, he reveals deep and hidden things. Now, do you know how the periodic table came about? Anybody? But the periodic table was actually created by a guy. I think it was uh, Dimitri for something like that. The guy was actually sleeping one night. And then he saw the periodic table. He saw every element in their place. He woke up from sleep, took his biro, and then he started to write the periodic table. Every element in their place, he put it there. He saw a picture of the periodic table. And he came into time and brought that picture out and wrote it down. So when people started to calculate and check, everything was adding up. Now, who showed him that thing in a dream? That's what I need you guys to hold perspective of. Second thing I need you to also think about, there was this other um, guy, I think it was James Watson, that um, discovered the spiral of the helix structure of the DNA. Up until that time, he was in a sleep, in a dream. He saw the helical structure of the DNA and how it was woven. He actually woke up and drew that DNA structure and that became the biggest breakthrough, one of the biggest breakthroughs of science in the modern times. The DNA became a revolution in, in medical faculty and then was now even used to solve crime. There were many cases, I remember this movie on Netflix, the guy has been in jail for 30 years before the creation of the DNA. But when they went and checked the case files, they found out that the DNA did not match the DNA that was on the scene and they freed him up. But that was 30 years in jail. So DNA became a revolution in crime and of course in modern times in Lagos. DNA is doing things. All began in a dream. It began in a dream. Now, there's another part. There was this other guy, um, even Larry Page, the guy that created Google. Larry was in a dream, standing, sitting in front of his laptop, and he, he saw himself downloading the universe, the internet, into that particular laptop. And he woke up and realized that, come, what am I seeing? He saw something. How do I download the universe into the entire internet into my laptop? Larry took his and started to write the algorithm, calculated it. It took him two years. He came into it. There was this other guy, I think it was James Miles. Miles was never a keyboardist. He woke up one day, slept, and started playing keyboard. Who taught him? He just slept one day, and somebody said, This is how the thing works. The guy woke up, he put his hand on it. He was a keyboardist for life. Just, there's some kind of dimension. Now, these dimensions are possible, they are actually available. We are too conditioned out of them to know that they are. But the dimension of harvest I'm trying to introduce to you is this dimension. It's the dimension that blows minds. Like you just sit down there, you realize that what is happening? How did I get into this thing? So do not condition yourself to what is. Allow yourself to come into what, is, what can be. So this, this quantum, there's a dimension. So I, I, again, I explained that there is an energy field around us. So if I'm saying there's energy field, please hold space that I'm saying the same thing. You know, someone told me something that if you... He, he went to visit a couple and he just entered into the house. The couple, they just, just like things just arranged. Okay, yeah, thank you, welcome, welcome. But they were smiling. But around the, the place was tension. Like he could sense that there was tension, but they were smiling to him. So he had actually walked into a quarrel, but just in time for the knock, the voices disappeared, the smiles appeared. And they wanted to give him a picture that they were smiling. But there was something else. Even while they were smiling, I said, oh, you're welcome. In the environment, he could just sense something, that there is this thing around me here, that this is not what it is. There are some people that descend energy. You can be talking to them, but they read energy. Yeah. See, one of the mysteries of spirituality is that we must come back to descend. Because discernment is not just a language thing, it's an energy thing. So we've been conditioned out of it. But trust me, some people can enter here. They know negative energy. They know positive energy. So I need you to understand that even prayer, one of the gifts of prayer is changing energy of an environment. You as a leader, your gift is managing the energy of your people. Because sometimes somebody is sad, another person has gossiped, another person is angry, another person said this. So your job is not to, is to rein in the energy. So every leader, your job is actually to ensure that the energy or the flow in the environment is actually one that can carry Right, so this morning, I want to dwell on quantum thinking, and I'm going to tie it to a couple of things that we will lay as a foundation, but there was this guy, Nikola Tesla, that said something, and I need you guys to hold it for a second. He said, when you think of the world, think of the world in terms of frequencies, energy, and vibration. Now, he wasn't saying anything that the Bible has not said. It's because the time they wrote the Bible, vibration was not like that. 
They couldn't put vibe inside. When they wrote the Bible, frequency was not a language. They, they didn't make it. Energy was not, it didn't, it was not in the vocabulary. So do not now limit yourself to these things. Let the concepts and, and identify the concepts, right? So Toby said something last week, uh, two weeks ago, that the world exists in twos. Things appear in twos. So there is the matter and there is the meta. So what we are describing meta today is meta is the word above. So there's this entire universe of the unseen. Now we'll give you four scriptures. Romans 1 verse 20. I'll read that very quickly because we don't have that much time. Romans 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Now keep in mind, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen. So what we are seeing here, there is actually the invisibility of God that is now seen in time. So you, my friend, you are actually a manifestation of God. So God is unseen, but God created you in his image and likeness. So God placed you here to remind me that he is. So for the way that God loves me is through you because you are just, we are all unique expressions of God. If God has placed us here, man is the only thing that God created, not just with words, with hands. Everything else, God said, let there be, let there be. When it was time for man, God actually put his hands to work Wolves use clay and everything to make man. So we carry his DNA. His fingerprint is on us. Like everything else is just the words. But we carry the words and the DNA. So there are two dimensions of life. There's a spiritual dimension and there's a physical dimension. The spiritual dimension is what the world is trying to explain as meta. But it has, it's not new. It's just that people are not catching up with it. And I'll explain what people are doing now across disciplines. Right? There is the spiritual and there is the matter. But it was Pluto that separated it for the first time. Pluto said that matter is different, spirit is different, and then, but the Christian understanding is that you are, an, you are matter that embodies spirit, your spirit in matter. So you must understand that reality exists on those two dimensions. There's the reality of the seen, and there's the reality of the unseen. So what is your physical condition today? You are broke in your pocket, is a reality. That is the matter dimension, but that matter dimension is only a consequence. The cause of matter is actually the matter. That the spirit, the invisible, is the source. Matter is the reflection. So if you don't dial back to solve the matter problem, you will never solve the, to solve the matter one, you will not solve the matter one. So don't fight matter. Are you broke? Just hold on a second. Matter, we'll deal with that. Matter is just arranged energy. You understand? But that's not where the source is. So are you, are you depressed? No matter. There is a dimension that is deeper than that, that when you go back there, and if, you're not if you don't understand life as spiritual, you will always live life fighting things on the level of the matter. But matter is only an artifact of realities. Hebrews 11 verse 3. Hebrews 11 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So here is the point. Everything that is physical was created for something that was not physical. So when Toby said reality exists on two dimensions, the seen and the unseen, this is the plan. If you don't understand life from a spiritual point of view, you cannot rewrite your reality. And I'm very deliberate, guys, to say that this year, nobody is permitted to be broke in this place. No, guys, it's not a joke. Like, if you're broke, you go, you go distance. Like, you don't, don't come and tell me that it's your reality you're speaking. You're not speaking reality, you're speaking conditioning. They told you that is the definition of reality. You're settling. So your health, do not accept for a second that there's something called terminal illness that runs in your bloodline. That is matter. I'm telling you that there is a place where it works, where you can go back and rewrite that script. And your reality changes. We are about rewriting the script of our existence. God has made us divine. That you are, if you know who you are, it's so sad that religion has conditioned us out of power. Made us a servant of that which you're meant to lead. Your circumstances is dominating you. No, you were meant to dominate your circumstances, but that's the flip side. So you're coming to church now, you're surprised. What are we talking about? Energy on a Sunday morning. Because energy is the word of God. When God actually spoke, let there be light, was it English? No, long before there was an invention of language. It's just food for thought, guys. Long before there was an invention of language, there was language. But the language was a, was a, was a com com communication that you can sit down here and communicate. In fact, physics was only trying to interpret what has been. Before there was Hebrew, there was God and God was speaking. Before there was this English and King James, all of them say, King James is the authorized scripture. The authorized, that man came later. 
Before he t- translated the thing, there was Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. So why you are making, so if you meet, if, if someone said, all these churches that use modern translation, TPT is not the word of God. Message is not the word of God. The word of God is King James. The circumstances surrounding King James to write his own Bible was as suspicious as anything else. That man was on a mission. Well, let's not question him. God uses things. Forget his mission. God, he could be trying to get away. And You know, he, he had a marriage problem. He wanted to divorce and marry again. The Catholic Church did not let him. The man became a Protestant. Moved to, because Protestant movement, all the rebels have gone one side. <laughs> so the guy said, it's like this Protestant, go walk. Move. Became the church, England church, Anglican Church of uh, England or something like that. But there was it, even Constantine. Constantine that sat down there, tried to merge things in the Bible. They all had, some of them had political agendas. This Christian movement was becoming a threat to his kingdom. Paul was telling people that year that there is only one God and it's not Caesar. So any Caesar that came after that, they said Caesar is not my God and Caesar is meant to be the God of Rome. So Caesar just realized that come, the, 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 and then, sorry guys, it's like the poor followed. You know, those ones, when they don't oppress you, away, you just say, Jesus is the Lord, not Caesar. Everybody don't follow Jesus. So Caesar just realized that one day, Constantine just woke up, one day I wake up here and these people come into my palace and break things. He now followed his mother and went to church. His first thing on church, the guys, we need one book. Now, he now took the Hebrew Bible, took everything and started to piece it together. Now, but God is in it. Whether his motive was not so pure, God is in it. That's one thing I saw. Some people come and tell us, uh, do you know that some parts of the Bible were not added? Forget the one that's not added. The one that's added, you don't read them. You understand? So don't come and be, so you know, some people, they were looking for the Maccabees. My brother, Hebrews are there. There's romance for you now. Romance, romance. So that we know that you're making some progress. So forget the extracurricular. Stay in the spirit. The one that has been given to us is enough. There's enough there for us. Right? If we begin to hold that one in, you will reign. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but all the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So hold it again. We are seeing another dimension to this. He's still talking about that which is seen and that which is unseen. So everything that is unseen becomes the source. All things which are seen, but all things are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporal. What it means is that every state you are in can be changed. But there is something else. He said that which is not seen is eternal. What is the eternal truth that can rewrite your entire script for living? So guys, the last scripture is Colossians 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, and invisible, whether thrones or dominion or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So everything on earth was created by God. Whether it was science that cracked it, it was created by God. Whether it was art that cracked it, it was created by God. So we can no longer stop saying God is not in this, God is not, God is in it. So what I need us to keep in mind today is, what, let's even talk about, okay. You're welcome. So guys, the point again I need us to make, first point, right? I want to disabuse your mind that if you hear frequency, energy, and vibration, God created them. So please allow me. No judgment this morning. Suspend all judgment. Let's just track. So I, first of all, frequency, energy, and vibration. We all, we've only thought of the world in terms of sensory, sensory um, reality. So our perception in terms of our eyes, our ears, that's just the, the matter dimension. What you can see, what you can, what, you can, what you can taste. So the senses is a reality. But I'm saying that for the spiritual being, you are higher than your senses. You are not a human being going through a spiritual moment. You're actually a spiritual being going through a human experience. So your spirituality is your source of validation and meaning. Right? So first of all, all the frequencies, energy, and vibration around us here, they are communicating. Do you know every church has a frequency? No, every church has a frequency. I'll tell you one of the tribe. So I'll speak about three frequencies you and I must practice this year. The first frequency, I call it the frequency of oneness and love. And why we must keep it? There's this guy, Heads, if you're in psychology, has created something called a scale. A scale of emotions. So there was a, the scale is like, um, they start from um, joy, love, all the, all the way down to fear. So Nelson, Nelson, I don't know if you guys can look for it on Instagram, Google and check it out. Here's a um, scale of, um, here's frequency scale or something like that. So keep in mind, what he was actually saying is that every emotion is a frequency. So joy is a frequency. 
Fear is a frequency. So that's why I don't want us to think about it in religion. I want us to think about it in a practical sense. So if you are actually living in fear, you are dialing into a frequency of fear. If you're living actually in condemnation, you're dialing into a frequency of condemnation. Those things are real. They are 98 point something. They're calling you. So as we are in this place now, there are all the frequencies are running wild. It is your choice to plug in. So as we are sitting there, there's, a, there's actually a strong, dramatic people frequency. No, those dramatic people, they wake up and they're, they're here to export fear. As, as, I saw one that went to hell, came back and said, I didn't go again. <laughs> yeah, she said she was sorry that she didn't go. I don't know why you will go. And, why you even say you go before? They, only you now come and say, you know, I, and then I saw one was now trying to explain something. I said, there's a difference between hello and hello. It was sounding so deep. Like, I was like, oh, you're deep, mommy. You're deep, mommy, right? But my point is that people are there, plug into frequency of fear. And as they're giving you fear, I say, just step in at the blood of Jesus. You kill all the black cats in your house. So Josh was telling me, he has a cat. His black cat doesn't go out at, during the day. Right? The, the black cat is always at home. And he was telling me that the problem was that the black cat went out one day to, to stroll. Just in the neighborhood, as the black cat just strolling around, all the kids say, here comes village people. Now, honestly, people carry stone and start stoning the cat. I think he said his cousin or his sister was around, and she came and carried the cat. So the cat has trauma. No, the cat has trauma. So the cat goes out only at night, which is even more suspicious. But let's not investigate that second one. For now. But whatever led to these cats to be staying at home at night is worth investigating. My point is that those kids that are strolling the fear, they've programmed them into a frequency where every black thing that flies shall die. So you, they see your pet as evil. In fact, they start suspecting you. Say, this is where we get black pets. They cult. For you to get black cat's pets, they cult. Fear. So we, we are all surrounded by that. What I need you to be conscious about is what is the frequency that you're dialing from. So the one that God has given to us is frequency of love. And love is actually the language of God. So if you're a Christian, I would recommend that your frequency must always be dialed to love. We can never overemphasize it. Do you know what I'm telling you? Please don't negotiate your love. God doesn't want, God, do you know the difference? God doesn't need you. God desires you. There's a difference. Need, eh? If I need something, I need the thing to fill up, to complete. So the need is that I need it for me. I, you cannot always remove selfishness. Because part of the needing you is that I'm completed by the needing. But desire, eh, the person that, the, the desire is a higher dimension. The desire doesn't need need. Desire is just, you, you, you don't complete. Desire is a higher level of enjoyment. You understand? Like he desires you means that for who you are, God will need nothing, wants you. God is complete in by himself and all of himself wants you so that you are a love affection. You are actually the object of his affection. That is what it is. Now, think about all the gospel we've been raised with. Every day you hear God, you just think, hell, this is what I go deal with me. Like, I'm going to hell. Seventh book of life, book of death, your name has been canceled. Angels are monitoring you. Your video is waiting for you in heaven. As you arrive there, the God will just press him. 17th of February, 14th of February, that night, we know what went down. And for every February 14th, where things went down, they say 2021, 2020. Brother, you live in fear. But that's not the gospel. The gospel doesn't come to give fear. It comes to cast it away. The Bible says perfect love casts away all fear. So if your frequency of love, your frequency of love is your basis of operation, you will always enjoy, enjoy life. And then the frequency, quite frankly, this love attraction thing people are doing is true. Because what you put out, you attract. If you believe that God loves you, you will attract love. And you understand that you just people just be loving you, giving you flowers and roses. You understand? My point is that that love in itself is a language. We are speaking before we speak words. Some people call love of first, love, uh, love first sight. That one, energy speak. Love at first sight. Just see energy. Man, see connection. <laughs> but after connection comes life. Because you connect with energy, you not enter inside, different vibe. But at the end of the day, what, are your, what is the language of your spirituality? What do you think about when you think about God? God says, in my presence are what pleasures forevermore. God is not opposed to pleasure. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Like it, God invites the first, Jesus said, the first wedding, the first miracle Jesus ever did was not raising Lazarus. Think about it. If he was that serious with life, your first, no, if you were, if he was that serious with your first miracle, who, who is dead in Jerusalem? 
Show me dead men. That's what you'll be looking for. Like, person die here. No, see, guys, I'm not into eating ministry. I'm in, the, I'm in the resurrection ministry. Please, bring me dead men. That was what you'd have expected. Or Jesus would have moved around and said, all the cripple, please, come, come, come. The lame over this side, blind, blind. No, you would have been mobilizing conditions because that would sell. The first miracle was at a wedding. People tasted the wine and everybody was like, I want some more. This wine, I'm telling you, like, this, everybody even said, please, can we package and sell? It was almost the best. They've never tasted anything that good. But it wasn't so much about the wine. It was so much about the mystery of his coming. Because from the beginning of time, God created humanity to be his bride. Now, I know that men cannot handle it. Because how can you call me bride of God? But not be me talking. Not be me. The Bible says, the, the Bible says that you are the bride of Christ. So I don't know how to handle that one. Me, if I wrestle, I struggle small, but we are bride indeed. But let's not, let's not personalize it now. Let's, pray the, let's say the church is the bride of Christ. <laughs> so we can, live, we can live with this one. We can live with it. That the church is the bride of Christ. But when you enter church, church is not a building. Church is a people. So let's not touch that one. See, some people are still struggling with the church is the bride of Christ. Let's stay in that one. So now you being bride of Christ, what God intended from the beginning was that God made man for a relationship. And I'm thinking of the human race now. God made human race for a relationship. So the typology of that relationship, one of the mysteries is marriage. Or one of the metaphors that God uses to describe the type of relationship he has with man is marriage. And, so, and father and sonship. But marriage is very, very central to it. Because when Jesus Christ came, he kept telling them that I am the bridegroom. And I came for the bride. He kept talking about, I want to prepare the church. I'll perfect the church. The church will be perfect. Right? I'll perfect the church. The church will be perfect. Uh, do we have the, the, the... Do we have it? Okay, we'll show that. So the church will be perfect. So Jesus had, God had marriage on his mind. That was why he used marriage as his entry point. Because it wasn't so much about the people that were wedding. He was reminding us of the great plan from the beginning. That he was coming to reunite us in love. So marriage was on God's mind, and that's what it is. I remember when I told you guys, John the Baptist, people were leaving his church and going to Jesus because Jesus was cooking, and you know, there are things moving. He invented item seven. In fact, after a hot sermon, after a hot parable, give them some five loaves and two fishes. Um, take, basket, take, take away 12 baskets. Like, that was how the movie, who would not join that ministry? In fact, some days they'll tell him, when they, after preaching some parables, they'll say, Baba, what would you think about our belly now that we've heard parables? There was a part where they were telling him, do more miracles. He even told that you guys came for bread, not for what. <laughs> but he didn't say, today nobody will eat. You know some Nigerian pastors, today you will not eat because you've been following bread all your life. See you now. <laughs> he didn't tell them that. Papa gave them stuff. Everything he touched just exploded. But my point is, marriage is central to the gospel. And it's not just central. God gave us marriage to remind us of the, what, what we have with him. That's why the marriage bond is so strong. And that's why marriage is under attack. Because marriage is union. When we talk about union, God reminds us that all I have is yours, all you have is mine. We're on the same side. So in marriage, it's not, it's not that one plus one is two. It's that one plus one becomes one. So that's what it means, is that everything Christ took on the cross, he took your shame. So in that marriage, babe, what you brought was baggage. Honestly, in the marriage between us and God, all we did was bring Bessie. God came, with, came prepared. It was a load of, truckload of goodies. He took everything that was wrong about you and imputed upon you all that is right about you. So Christ became your definition. Your frequency of love and oneness must be the frequency from which you live. Every day you wake up, you are in love. He did not say, some people's theology, shame and condemnation shall, is it shame and condemnation shall follow you all the days of your life? Is it what we hear? I didn't write it. It says goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Please think of goodness now. Goodness and mercy. I know these are names of babes now, but before this time, they were, they were virtue. <laughs> you understand? They were virtue. Just, now, before some people don't date, date now. So just say, goodness, I mentioned, you don't see two X's. <laughs> That's not where we are. Before you go, the good, it's not the goodness that we are talking about. It's another, babe, way to do my heart. Right? So at the end of the day, he said, goodness and mercy shall follow us. The language of the gospel in the New Testament is actually the language of love, is the language of acceptance, is the language of inclusion. God is no longer mad with man. God has reunited himself to man. God is our father forever backing us, forever in love with us. You need not perform to be accepted. God has performed for you. Now enter the table. 
So he prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He anointed your head with oil. Your cup runneth over. His goodness are always going to be, when you, when you wake up, you wake up to the smiling face of God. He said, how do you want to live your life today? So don't be boxed down to ever feel that God is waiting for you to make mistakes. So I told you now that you make more mistakes because you're not leaning on to my counsel. No, God is not waiting for you. God doesn't profit from your disaster. God doesn't profit from your mistake. No, he urges on for you to embrace him. He wants to heal you from attachment. He wants to heal you from the things that have been told to you as lies. How you interpret the Bible is going to be very, very important because the Bible, part of the frequencies you dial from is your beliefs. And if your beliefs are warped, you will forever be running around seeking breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough. Some of our parents, we know them now. They attended all the breakthrough. There was no breakthrough. Because the breakthrough was not an event. It was an awakening. You, you were meant to awaken to the truth of your being. And live from that understanding. But they were outsourced. Their power was in a prophetic world. Prophecy is a frequency. So you can pick up things. Okay, let's show that. Show it, show it, show it, show it. Okay, so this is what Hez did. Hez actually listed... Uh, about 20 range of emotions from lower frequency to higher frequency. He says the highest of it is enlightenment. And enlightenment is the entrance of light. Is the, the, the word became light and dwelt, the word light. So revelation, right? And that's part of what church is important because what you pick up from here is the entry of light. And light is actually coming to dispel darkness. So there is light, there is peace, there is joy. All of these things are emotional frequency scale. And day by day, you are doing life with people on this thing. Now, lower frequencies are possibilities that are also with us. But what is feeding your frequency is your beliefs. The moment you believe you are loved, you don't go up. Although if I rewrite this emotional scale, I don't arrange some things. But let's not even, now you won't. <laughs> I would have moved things around. But my point is that, let's even just use his own because he put it out there. That where are you week by week? Where are you on, on Mondays? Where are you on Tuesdays? It's your frequency on the lower vibration. Do you wake up and you just feel like life is in angry with you? I have a, friend, a young friend that's been telling me that Nigeria has nothing for her. Shouldn't you lay hands? You only you have believed already that Nigeria has nothing for you. That's not, that's, that doesn't make sense. Because if you believe Nigeria has nothing for you, guess what? You're putting something into the world. You're putting, you're communicating energy to the world. You're, you're saying something. No, this country will deliver the best to you. So when you wake up, you do not begin with Nigeria. Has not, no, the land will yield forth an increase. The land is blessed because I am here. It's not a matter of religion. It's a matter of just consciousness. This spectrum is your understanding of who you are. Our journey from fear to love is the entire gospel. The gospel comes to take people from a generation of fear to love. So two broad ways to interpret the Bible is when you interpret it as a literal book or historical book. And the second one is when you interpret it as a it's sort of like a book that speaks to the soul of the human man. So for instance, if you're interpreting Abraham, Abraham on one side, if you say Abraham in the Bible, Abraham is actually, if you interpret it literally, he's the founder of the Hebrew nation. He's a man that was called out of where? Babylon. He was from Oz of the Chaldea, and God called him out and said, I want to build a nation with you. So that's where Abraham is. But when you interpret Abraham on a deeper level, so think of the Bible as orange. And when there are three layers of orange, the first layer is the literal layer. Yes, this literal layer is just what it is. Abraham was a man called us or the child and he was called out of this. He didn't have children or God promised him a child. So that's where your own story stops, your interpretation. The second layer is actually what they call the metaphorical layer. In this metaphorical layer, some people stretch it a lot, but it's also good to not take one over the other, hold all of them. The metaphorical layer, it says that sometimes Abraham is a story of the people around us, maybe people who are waiting for children, they'll not be looking at Sarah and doing, I'm, I'm waiting for Abraham. You know, Abraham becomes, you just start looking at Abraham. But the third layer is what they call the metaphysical layer. It's actually interpreting the Bible through your own soul so that Abraham is no longer the man that was just in awe of the childhood. But Abraham is also a reminder that God calls every one of us from us, calls us from past, from pain, from oppression into a covenant. So Abraham journeyed from oppression, from a, a godless country into a nation, building a nation of God. That's your story. It's a story of once lost, now found. The story of the Bible is also from Adam to Christ's consciousness. Once lost in Adam, now found in Christ. It's a story of once a slave, but now a son. That's the story. It should, it's no other way. It's not from slave to more slave. At some point, the slave card ends. Son comes to the picture. In Christ, we are sons. We are loved. We are known. We are chosen, we are inherited. Like God is our portion. 
That's what it is. So you don't start the Bible and hold the lens and not change with it. Let the Bible interpret, let the scripture, let God interpret the Bible for you. So there are many parts of the Bible that will bring you to this place of fear. You're rooted in fear because someone told you that God is forever going to be mad at you. No. What did Jesus say? That God is our father, is good. Which even an evil father knows how to give good gifts. How much more your heavenly father? That if our bad fathers, cheating fathers, demons, and also all those issues, you know them, could give you a car, pay your school fees. He says, how much more God? He was trying to expand our understanding so that what our fathers were not, God was more. So you don't reduce God to your father. You allow your imagination heal to see God beyond those things. So if your father never gave you a gift, I'm welcoming you to a new fatherhood that will love you for the rest of your life. If your, par your parents condition their acceptance to your performance, I'm inviting you to a father who doesn't need you to perform to be accepted. Your report card does not hold the key to love. The day they hug you, the day they confessed. But that first was never there. So you were not hugged. So you, can, you come to life now needing to accept, to perform your way. So if you are coming from those things, love has to heal you. So what are your lenses through which you read the Bible? If you hold the Bible through the lens of fear, you will forever be manipulated by insecurities. You'll be looking at people and be in a competition. That's not the gospel. How can he die so you'll be insecured? How did he shed the blood so that you can forever live in shame? Come on. That's not the gospel. The gospel is an end of shame, not a repackaging of it. And sometimes you must free yourself from the burden because you live forever trying to be looking for, looking for answers. And God is saying, where will you get it? Say with me, frequency of love, frequency and, of love. And, oneness. and oneness. That frequency means that wherever God is, you are. God is in you, you are in God. There is no separation. It means that everything God has is yours. You cannot grapple for healing and beg God for healing. You manifest healing. We'll talk about that in some of the sessions because answers are manifested as much as possible. God has given us the gift to manifest answers. The second frequency, apart from frequency of love and oneness, is what I call frequency of creativity and innovation. And I think this is one part I feel strongly in my heart God wants a generation to awaken to. In this generation, God is looking for people that will embody the capacity to create. Because for the longest time, creativity has been left out of the domain of human existence. But God is changing the rules of business, changing the models. If you look at the world now, the old models are crumbling. New things are coming up. It's as though God, the entire world, eh, the next people that will define the world are not institutional people. Though. Now look at it now. And even currencies are changing. What was currency is no longer currency now. Just draw one thing now, you don't turn currency. That's how life is. Oh. Don't be stuck. Oh, boo -boo. You understand? But my point is that this, this dimension of creativity and innovation, I spoke to you about Dimitri and the periodic table, Larry Page and Google. They were not more holier than you. They were just dialed to the frequency of creativity. So they believed that they could create and therefore they created. If you don't believe you can create, you will not create. Oh. And they told us all our lives that creativity is a faculty in art. That's what he told us now. Creative art, creative, uh, the department. And that day, you know the other department. So he just figured, oh, now creative, that, that department. Now, no, no, no. Art was not a department, though. it was a nature God gave to all of us. So. Yes. You know what this guy said? It was Picasso that said that we're all artists. We we're born artists. The world told us how not to be it. Yes. You were born creative. You were educated out of your creativity. So my conversation this morning is, can I invite you to reopen that side of you? Can you start cultivating a relationship with your creative side? Because this is how you're going to create businesses. I'm telling you for a fact, when Abraham, um, Jacob and his uncle had a running battle, the uncle was a Shylock. Jacob went to God in a dream. God gave him a tape prototype. And Jacob woke up from sleep that day. He was spotted, sparkled, and striped, trademarked. He launched a new model. That new model became the, the mainstream product. Everybody wanted a piece of it. Laban now had to come back to negotiate. What's going on here? I think things you're, you're cheating. No. This covenant that we carry looks like it's cheating. But because there is, a, there is a meta dimension to life that we come from, if all your answers are found in matter, it's too late now. The men that wrote matter are dead. Uh, matter is late. It's late. Like this dimension of reality is too late. Those men author this. Let's rewrite it. Don't be boxed by the rules. Break them. Carefully. Oh. <laughs> you understand? Some people have taken this thing that year. It, it, it busts. You understand? But what I'm actually trying to say is that there are prototypes, there are trademarks 
waiting that the earth has not seen. He said, God is trying to invite us to see new things, eyes of things that your eyes have not seen, neither has heard, has he given to you. So can I tell you that if whatever you're doing, can you open yourself to understand that when we talk about harvest, we're inviting you to tap into something that is beyond. Everything Jesus touched was not the same. Just one night, please cast your net here, cast your net here. They needed seven boats to carry that net. Bring your boat, bring your boat. This week, may you have that net-breaking miracle. But may you first have a net-breaking imagination. Because therein lies the key to the heart. You can't, you can't hold in your matter what you've not broken in your matter. Like, that's the thing. So you have to, first of all, sit here to carry it here. So my point is this, concerning healing, everything you're doing, may you be able to see it. A net-breaking imagination is what we need. Even Nigeria, they're owing. Do you know, right now, the way we are borrowing in this country, the last time I checked, Mr. Ford, you were owing 200,000 naira. But that was before we borrowed the last one. Every Nigerian is owing 200,000 naira. Right? No. And then, in fact, the, the interesting part, I saw this analysis. The lady made it very depressing, so we're not going to it. It was quite depressing. In fact, I didn't want to read it again. But I went back to it. Because I wanted to be sure what she was saying. She was talking about the decline in revenue. That our revenue has dropped significantly because oil revenue has shrunk. The world is no longer buying oil. Everybody's going to driverless cars. Everybody's thinking of alternative use of energy. We're still waiting for crude. Please, nobody should break pipeline. We need to meet our quota. No, no, no. Why are you trying to meet your quota? People are innovating beyond you. And you wake up one day, there will be oil. The world will need to buy your oil. My point is that what's happening to us is because we've not been able to rebirt our imagination. You can never transform a man without first transforming his imagination. Imagination is actually also a divine component that God gave to us that is unique to man. I've told you guys before, the smartest animal on earth is not, is not man. No. The smartest species, do you know it? Dolphin. They went to look at their brain in the lab. Their brain structure is very interesting. Very, very interesting. But have you seen skyscraper inside water? No, no. Ask, oh, maybe you. Maybe you. No, no, no. Divers have gone. Divers have gone. But have you seen civilization inside water? My point. Please, leave for me. For a second. If intelligence, if intelligence is how you do it, they will be there. But intelligence doesn't speak to it. There is something more to man than just intelligence. If you talk about what is, are we the fastest species? No, we're not the fastest. So. You know, so are we the strongest? Go and try it with Lion now. Take the strongest man, although things can change you, because you, if he's not anointed like David, <laughs> just go and take one guy and give him Lion. Say, we'll see who's strong pass. That'll be the end, though. My point is this. What is unique to us is imagination. And that's what God gave us when he made us in his image. It wasn't so much about that God looked like all of us. God can look like all of us. We're all made, but if God look like all of us, some of us know. <laughs> How can you look at those, those one pack daddies now and say God is like, no, no. Our God is not one pack. But my point is, it wasn't a physical construct. He wasn't talking about the image in terms of physical construct. He can't be multipolar now. See all of our heads. How many heads you go get? But when we're talking about being made in the image of God, is this dimension of you know, you know, creativity and you know, imagination, where as he sees, the Bible says, God calls those things that be not as though they are. That God sees, he, out of the invisible, he makes the visible. That is what it means to be divine. Your source and your essence is actually found in being able to utter things you are called to recreate, to rescript. I'm not telling you that this year has been a bit challenging. But the point is that it's, it's like everything around you is trying to downgrade your consciousness to lower frequency. Just for you to believe that it's hard. Hard is now a vibration. If you change your frequencies, you change your experience. So if you, if you consciously root yourself in love, affirm love, all around you start experiencing that love. If you go and embrace fear, fear multiplies. Stop mass producing complaint. The way you're complaining about it, you're mass producing it. You understand? You're mass producing, you enter Uber, you don't tell the man, say nothing there, you If you like, you don't enter this, you're just mass producing this thing. You are not supposed to, that's not the language of kingdom. What's the language of kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy. The language of kingdom is actually about upping your vibration, coming to love. You have to see things from joy. Joy must be your mood. You are sentenced to a life of joy. It's non-negotiable. You cannot negotiate your joy. Nothing should tamper your joy. Please don't let emotions betray you. Don't say emotions. Emotions are not your masters. They are terrible masters, but great servants. Get? Emotions are terrible masters but great servants. They were never meant to lead. They were meant to be led. 
So if your emotions are leading you, you're going to fight. You're going to block somebody on Instagram. You're like, no, 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 don't be doing that one. You're being led by emotions. And that, that thing is a terrible master. Let it be led. Lead it. So my point is, you are not a slave to your emotions. You actually allow yourself to swim upstream. Jesus says, set your mind on things above. He said to list for us those things that are important. He said, whatever things are what? True. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things, please give me that scripture, Philippians, right? Uh, for it. That we be there. I want us to stay there. Let's even look at his frequency and look at the one the Bible gave us. That's our frequency chart. Jesus didn't leave us to chance. He gave us our own frequency chart. Where do you dial from? What is the energy you're giving? What, what is the environment around you? Okay, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on them. So I'll stay here. Please don't leave me. Stay here. But guys, sit, let's track up on this thing. This week, and the thoughts you're battling with, are they noble? And it's not just noble thoughts. I'm saying that the thoughts you think of yourself, are they noble? Some thoughts are not worthy of you. Yes. So don't indulge them. Some thoughts are not worthy of you. That self-pity is a thought. Do you know self-pity is a thought? Yeah. You're only saying, oh, no, let me read for this. I don't talk and I say, let me read for my WhatsApp group and never get a car. So, People will not be snapping in other people's car. You'll be, you'll be catching anxiety. You understand? Because you don't understand it. Your thoughts are not worthy of you. Self-pity is a thought. Don't give in to self-pity. That thing has killed. Every day you wake up, you're just saying, it happened 17 years ago, but now, 17 years ago now, it's, it's 17 now. Like, we can't be there. You're, you can't be living one year 17 times. That one event has been the recurring theme of your life because you've never learned that you have the power to go back there, change it. Let the claims of Christ be the claims of you claim about yourself, not the claims of your experience. Some of them might be good or not so good. Now, what are the, what are, what are the noble thoughts you think about others? See, we're not allowed to think not, non-noble thoughts of others. But shine your eye for relationship. You understand? But the, the point is that you are meant to think nobility of others. So somebody meets you and say, that guy should do a form. Your friends is say, play form. Form, you never jam. No, no, that's not God. That's not... That's not it. If that person is saying this person is for me, what's your conversation? I think if you get to know her, it will be different. Always believe the best about people. Always choose the thoughts that elevate. Choose elevated thoughts. Nigeria, our problem is that our thoughts are too downstream. It's pull, no, it's too downstream. Pull me, I pull you. Everybody just, that's not the thoughts that leads. In this high year of harvest, let your thoughts be harvesting thinking. Just think the pictures. Nobility. This will gift your colleagues the gift of nobility in thoughts. As a past, don't say, big head, this guy. See, they show himself. No, 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 that's not your conversation. Just say, okay, maybe he's aggressive. He likes, no, he, like, no, some people, some people, it's not about you. They, they need to perform. Because all their life, uh, they needed, that's the only way they got ahead. So by overshining everybody there, they got accolades. So that's their wiring. Don't be judging them on their wiring. Do you know, one day I was even thinking to myself, why... Judas made the 12. Have you ever thought about it? <coughs> Judas made the 12. Two things. Is it that Jesus is a terrible talent scout? <laughs> yeah. It's very possible that he's a, he's a terrible talent scout, a bad HR manager, to have made, not seen Judas coming, and thou Lord are the knower of all things. But Judas made the cut. So what is happening to Judas? You know, while they were in church, Judas was, Judas was pilfering the offering. Yeah. Then when they say buy food, Judas would say money no day. They say pay for the for hall. Judas, let's use a smaller hall. Judas was a stumbling block. But I read a book some time ago. Um, it was a book by I have a, I have a professor called um, The Economy of Scarcity. And I saw Judas for the first time. In that book, she explained why poor, why rich people steal. And she said some people were raised in a condition where they were impoverished and they were malnourished or deprived. See, uh, if you've lived a life where Chicken is a luxury for 20 years. The day you meet chicken, go take four pieces. No, sorry, I don't even think four pieces. The day you meet chicken, you know, have you seen people, you know, one day somebody asked me, they tell, please, are you going for the buffet? So I, I wasn't now sure. I wasn't now sure. But I, it was, it was, it was when she now but the food is finishing. And I realized, oh, I will go. 
right? So, but have you seen some Nigerians uh, at say, the buffet table? Yusuf, do you know some days your brain will not know that you have limits? Yeah, yeah. So, like, there was a course we went to in the U.S. I remember it was in the U.S. We went to eat. Do you know, I didn't even know that I was, I don't know, saying that, I don't know how I get down. I just realized that once I, once I sat down, me and the black side of the table, we came prepared with the dessert. The, the, the ice, you know, you are supposed to, guys, you know, you're supposed to choose the ice cream dessert or the, the fruit one. Some people had the ice cream and the fruit together. It's a double combo. There are some things they put there so that if you are taking, ideally, the way they expect, if you take fish, don't take chicken. It's an unspoken rule. Or don't take chicken, take, take snail. There is, the, the black men survived the conquest. <laughs> we came for the spoil. So, no, no brother, do you know, even when I sat down, after, after a few spoons, I just realized, we don't finish this food, though. <laughs> we don't finish. And I realized that all the white people, they were looking at, they were, I think they were just taking, so they would just look like this. You know, I, I, you know the best thing would say, these people are so racist. <laughs> But uh, that table is racist. That, that your plate is racism. But there is a wiring. Something in, in us told us that. But just chop this. You don't know where you go get that <laughs> Brother, just, just please. It was, we were make, they didn't understand that we were making up for lost years. You understand? So for some of them, we just go. You just see them carry only one small ice cream. They call and say, is that what you're having? Um, I, I think I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll go back for some granuts. Shoko. They all sit down. So if you go to a wedding, people, rich people, who are angry, angry with you for, for souvenir. As in rubber, rubber plates. Don't joke with me. You passed me. You passed me here. You understand? And I'm thinking this woman can buy the market of this thing. But you don't want to say, respect yourself. Like, <laughs> or, or small chops. You just say, like, please, my friend is coming out. There are two. There are two people sitting down here. Listen to me. I can buy this thing. I can buy you selling it. Please keep two. Me, I'm the only one person there. The seats. That puff, puff, you can buy it. But something has programmed us to say that take now. So that thing is in all of us. You understand? That's why we can't wait for others to drive. Because they told us that there's no time. So the faster you go, nobody can. Don't, don't get ahead. There's a scarcity of time that we are suffering from. But trust me, you've been fast. See Lagos. People, they wake up 4 a.m. No, don't busy. You have been working 20 years, four years. No, you haven't broken even now. My point is that if speed was the way to get ahead, we would have understood every day. So I beg tomorrow, just let people, oh guy, you want to enter? Please enter. Please just keep going. Live in rest. Not in hustle. Not that thing is a program, you know. That's, please don't get ahead. Today somebody was telling me that how come that people, they would be on this lane and most more traffic, they are not on that lane. You know, there's another lane. So the driver told us today, the one that said this lane is for people that are going to walk. <laughs> now then get them. Then the other two lanes are for people who are going everywhere else. <laughs> but my point is, look out for ways in which your programming is shortchanging you. You're better than just living life, hustling for your next meal. Do you know, somebody told me something this morning that I loved. He said, I just decided to cancel some things and just take my time and build the things that will give me breakthrough. Yes, Don't be 10 things in one. You, you've hustled and hustled. You're hustling every year. You, you buy music that year. You now enter uh, modeling. After modeling, just before you go make up from modeling, you don't switch. You're an influencer. Before you go, you, the influencer you don't take off. You understand? As influencer, you just the corner, corner. Only you go, you're like, man, these five years, Nigeria, I know they try. Nigeria is, no, no. See, there's a staying power that pays. And I can tell you everything will challenge you. So don't be judging. Some things take time. Oak trees take time. When they bloom, eh, they're for a generation. So don't go and be looking for mushroom and maize. Just like, man, and three months from now, I need to... Trust me, you can't sign a bad deal, enter a bad contract, and before you know what it is, you've lost an opportunity. Whatever things are pure, thoughts of purity, let them be worthy of you. Let your thoughts reflect this. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good reports, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, good reports, let the reports you have of people and you share of people be good reports. Too much bad reports. Good reports. Because the truth is that if you don't change the environment, the energy in the environment, particularly church, eh, if you're not careful, once a church picks up an energy of fear, frustration, you'll be so surprised because this is an NGO. Nobody will pay you to show up. So you understand, there's a way it is. But if you start buying into that stuff, it will filter great movements have died because of gossip. Or great movements have died because of fear. 
somebody just got this thing and starts to spread. Even in your company, don't be the, pass, the passer of bad news. Time them at the tide. If they call you and say, this person, no, 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 please don't do that. You'll be destroying what you're building. You will undermine what you're building when you indulge people. Some of them don't know any better. They are speaking from their projections. Don't let their projections now become the template of your thinking. You're better than that. Guys, how do you change your frequencies? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is very, very important. How do you change your frequencies? Meditation. Please, make out time to cultivate silence. See, it says meditate on these things. That's just stay there and say, I'm worthy. I'm pure. I'm loved. I'm good. I'm enough. I'm complete. That's what it is. So meditation is actually saying it to yourself enough so it can press on your heart because your spirit knows that you're in union, but your mind no no. Understand? That mind is not does is not fully aware that you're loved. So you have to prayer brings your mind to your spirit. The first alignment is not to let your or your 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 unequally yoked mind and spirit. That mind, don't let the two yoke. Renew the mind so that it can flow in the direction of the spirit. Amen? Amen. So this week, remember that when you're going to pray, if you're feeling any sense of depression, anxiety, the prayer is not just to go and become more anxious. The prayer is to allow you to change it because the enemy comes. You, you feel that attack. You, any low vibration, prayer is about changing your vibration. Taking it from fear to love. Coming away from hate to, pure, to, to purity is what it is. Don't let anybody tell you this is not gospel. This is the gospel. I'm using the language of the day to explain what has been true. Right? It's not new. It's not anything. It's what it is. It's gospel. So stay in love. I'll take two questions and we pray. You don't have to ask a question, but if you have, I feel like I should take two. Anyone? Okay, we're going to pray. God, God spoke things into existence. We also speak things into existence. Um, our words can change a climate. In your family, what is the mood you want to plant today? If people are living in fear, you go back and change it. Whatever you're dealing with in your family, you go back and change it. So I want us to close our eyes. So I'll do a bit of contemplative prayer just to reflect in what areas in your life are you dealing with fear? In what areas of your life are you dealing with anxieties? What do you think when you think about yourself? What do you see when you see yourself? What do you think when you think about others? Your relationship, what is the frequency? When you think about your, the person you are in a relationship with, do you feel joy? Do you feel peace? We rewrite the scripts today. What do you see when you see your future? It can't be blink. It's bright. What do you think when you think about your parents? What do you think when you think about your past? What do you think when you think about where you are now? So I sense God healing this morning, pouring His love into every space. The places in our lives that have been starved of love, we will encounter love. The places in our hearts that have been starved of meaning, will encounter meaning. We are worthy of God's affection. We are worthy of God's approval. We are complete. We are enough. We are known, we are loved. There is nothing wrong with you. You are just coming into the realization that everything belongs to your past. But here right now, you're God's very own child, the object of his affection, the very one that he has chosen to desire and love. The Lord yearns for you. He wants you for anything. Not for anything he wants to get for who you are. He sees your worth. The worth that has been hidden even from you that others didn't see, God sees it. He sees the future, it is bright. The challenges may have clouded it, but he calls you whole. It's bright, it's pure. 
Just put your hand on your chest and whisper your prayer. I am whole. I am well. I am free. You are not your addictions. He heals that too. You are not your depression. You may feel it. You may have had it for some time. But that's not who you are. You lack nothing. You have all things. Healing this morning, Abba. Thank you for the healing, oh God. I see the wave of your healing flowing through this afternoon, touching every heart, reaching into every soul. The Holy Spirit is the therapist. We open ourselves to Him to reparent us in places where we need to, to call our inner child into wholeness, to do the shadow work for us so we will not have to dwell in the shadows, but only abide in that that is its own shadow, but not our fears. Fears will drown in love. Fears will drown in love. Fears will drown in love. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.